Welcome to season number four of the Get Your Money Right podcast. The podcast where not only do we want you to get your money, we want you to get your money right. So if you're tired of listening to big banks and broke people on how to live a mediocre financial life, this is a place for you. To find out more about what we do and how we do it, head over to our website at yourmoneyright.com. Again, that's yourmoneyright.com. What's the good news, people? Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Get Your Money Right podcast, the podcast where we talk about money like it's everybody's business. Because I truly believe if we're not good with money, it's because we don't talk about money. And this show is designed to change just that. I'm your host, the Money Misfit, Jamar Dupas, and this is episode number 63. Big Six Trey. I can't believe it. We're 63 episodes in. I know I say this probably every week, but it blows my mind. And that doesn't even include the bonuses that we've done, right? So thank you, everybody, who's been tuning into this. But anyway, happy 4th of July. Happy 4th of July week. And all that good stuff. So today, in the spirit of 4th of July, kind of like we did last year, we talked about how to declare your own financial independence. So last year, we declared it. This year, we're going to define financial independence. We're going to dig in a little bit deeper about what that means, how to define it, how to make it clear, and how to get there. How do you get to financial independence once you know what it means to you? Because most people don't ever get there because they don't ever define it. So we want to make sure we get that cleared up today. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome, welcome, welcome. I don't know how you found me, but I appreciate you being here. We talk about money as it relates to real life and how you can use it to spend the life and do the life and be the life that you want to be. I don't even know if that makes any sense, but <laughs> you'll find out that this show is a lot of times off the cuff and I'm talking off the top of my head. So, but anyway, we just want to make sure that you understand your money. Just get your money is when we, what we talk about. When we say get your money, we merely mean understand your money, know your money and how you can use it to get the life that you want to get, live the life you want to live, go see the things you want to see, be around the people you want to be around and just have that lifestyle that you desire. So that's what we talk about here. If you want to find out more about what we do, you we have a couple of options. You can go over to our website, yourmoneyright.com, which, of course, is the best place to go, yourmoneyright.com. You can find a link to all this stuff in your favorite podcast player right there in the description. And we also have a Facebook group. You got any questions you want to ask, you want to come join the other misfits, come over there and join our Facebook group. It's The Money Misfits. Now, there is, let me make an announcement. There is another Facebook group called the Get Your Money Right. That is not... The Misfits. It's not the Money Misfits. I know a lot of you have gone over there and joined that group. It's a good group to be a part of. I know the young lady who runs it, uh, she does great things and has great prompts. So it's a good group to be a part of, but that's not the Money Misfits site. So if you're ever wondering where I'm at and why I'm not there, that's <laughs> that's probably why. Uh, but with that being said, uh, let's get on with the show today. Let's, let's make this one quick because I know you want to get back out to your chicken and your watermelon and barbecue, uh, or maybe you're on a beach like me uh, having a good day a good 4th of July and stuff like that. So what is financial independence, right? What does it mean to you and how do you define it? When it comes to meaning, financial independence means a lot of different things to everybody, right? Everybody has their own meaning when it comes to financial independence. One of the challenges that we have with getting to financial independence 
is we never define exactly what that is. And what I mean define is actually set in our minds on paper or in record or just give it with any definition of exactly what that means. So what does it mean when you get to financial independent? Is it just that you have a job that makes you uh, enough money, right, to pay for your bills and live the lifestyle you want? Uh, is it to where you have some investments that are doing things for you? There's, there's there's all these different definitions that are out there about it. And I want to get away from the vagueness and get away something where you can really lock down and define concretely. Right. So if you just look at the word independent, according to the Google, right, and the translations from its own dictionary, the independent definition is not depending on another's authority or free from outside control. So when we think about that word independent and uh, I've heard a lot of people say that they feel financially independent when they're working for someone else. And when you have a job and y'all know how I feel about that, you everybody should have a job. Right. We, we at least start that place. Right. But jobs are all temporary and they are controlled by somebody else. Right. So even though you make a lot of money on your job, it is not necessarily uh, going to fit my personal definition of independence or financial independence if you're depending on that job to bring in your financial or your financial, you know, your financials, right? Your financial success. If you're depending on that job to bring in your income, uh, then I don't consider that financial independence. Now, it's a great place to be. I like to use jobs and we've talked about this before. Maybe I'll put a, sh- a link to the show notes of when we talked about the seven stages to financial freedom and also the show that we did last year on de- declaring your financial independence, I talk a little bit about the different stages on that leads up to financial freedom. Financial independence is one step below financial freedom. And again, like I said, we'll define that here in a minute. But if we look at that word independent, it is not depending on an outside source, on outside authority. So that's the first thing that has to pass. It has to pass that dependency test, right? The next thing is when we think about our skills, right? So a lot of times if we are working, say for instance, we're a surgeon who's a, uh, we're highly paid. Uh, but the problem with that is the risk of if something were to happen with your hands, right? Uh, I was just watching that uh, movie recently, um, Dr. Strange, right? And he was this highly skilled, highly paid, super ultra rich uh, surgeon. And he got into a really bad car accident and they jacked up his hands, right? So he couldn't you know, perform surgery anymore. So he had to find something else to do. Right. So even if you are in a highly paid position, if you're dependent on your own self, your hands or your own skills, so to speak, that require you to be there, your presence to be there for you to make your income. I do not consider that a financially independent position. I don't feel like that's an independent position because it is dependent on you getting up and going and doing the work. If you were to get sick for a long period of time, uh, which or disabled, which you have a very high likelihood of being sick or disabled uh, throughout your lifetime uh, and through your especially during your working career, um, then you are not necessarily independent. Right. Um, so it has to pass that test as well. Uh, but what I like to do is I like to define these things so you can clearly see 
you know, what what target you're trying to hit, right? Because if you're shooting at a blurry target, uh, it's easy to hit it, right? But if you want something that's specific, then you need to know exactly what it is. Um, so let's go back and let's talk about what I consider financial security. And I'll put, again, like I said, I'll put a link to the show notes for that episode. We did the seven stages to financial freedom. But one of those stages uh, before you get to independence or the stage before independence is what I consider financial security. And financial security is a place where your income is not dependent on you being there, right? Being present. Uh, but that income is enough to handle your very, very basic expenses, right? Maybe a roof over your head, maybe your transportation, your food, maybe enough for your children if you have children or uh, things like that. Your very basic lifestyle. That is what I consider financial security. When you have your money making you enough money to handle your very basic things. And for a lot of you, you realize that's not a whole lot, right? That's like maybe like $2,000, $2,500, $3,000, $4,000, whatever it may be, right? That's what I consider financial security. The stage after financial security is what I call financially independent. And financial independence is when Again, you're not dependent on an employer and you're not even dependent on yourself to have to go in and earn the money. But your money or your assets are earning you enough money to not only just cover your very basic, basic house, basic transportation, basic food, but maybe even the lifestyle that you're living right now in your current job or maybe more of an ideal lifestyle, right? Uh, and that could be anywhere from $2,000 to $3,000 to 5000 to 8000 whatever your particular lifestyle is. And the game plan is to try to figure out how you can get uh, your money to make you enough money to where it's bringing in uh, that income, right? So for example, if you have a business that you're not necessarily working in, but maybe you get to work on it, right? Maybe you're setting up systems in place where you have employees or you have partners and things like that, that are running the business that doesn't require you to be uh, involved in the day-to-day basis, right? So if you have a business, and it's a real easy way to do this. If you have a business, right? And you were to go on vacation for six months and how you would measure this is if your business would be better or worse when you got back. If your business would be worse when you got back after a six month hiatus, that's not independence, right? It's still dependent on you. Now, if you can, you know, maybe uh, talk to your crew and, you know, still be in contact and stuff like that, that can be considered, uh, you know, independent. But I'm talking about when you have a business that is pretty much running on autopilot and you're not really dealing with it, right? Um, it could be any type of business really, but it's about how you structure your business that matters, right? It could be, let's say a car wash, right? Maybe you own a car wash or a few car washes and you don't actually manage them. Maybe you hire somebody like a general manager to go in and maybe collect all your stuff. And then they send your financials to your, to your accountant and your accountant just sends you a briefing every month and shows you how much money you're making and all that's running on its own. Or it could be a vending machine or it could be rental real estate, right? Maybe you have some real estate 
or maybe your house. Maybe you've moved out of your house and you're renting your house out. However it is, maybe, you know, however it goes, but you have some real estate that is uh, money is coming in on a monthly basis. And maybe you're managing or maybe you don't. Maybe you have a property manager that's handling all that stuff for you so you don't have to be involved with the day-to-day stuff. So you don't have to necessarily be involved with going and fixing the plumbing or have to call plumbers, things like that. So this is what I consider uh, tools for you to be financially independent, right? So it's clearly defined that it's not dependent on you trading your time for dollars, right? It's not depending on you having to show up to earn the money. And it's not depending on somebody else per se to pay you uh, your salary, right? And philosophically, you can make the argument that you're always dependent on other people to make your income. Right. Because money comes from people. We've talked about that. Right. And that episode is where does money come from? Real simple. Money comes from other people. But if you really want to truly diversify. Right. And lower the risk. You want more money coming from more people than just one person. Right. So if you are working for somebody else, your income is not diversified because that's your only employer. You only have that one client. Right. So that one person you are dependent on making the right decisions. Uh, to make sure your paychecks show up. But let's say, or you can say the same thing about a rental real estate, right? Say you have a single family home and you're dependent on that one tenant or that one family uh, to make sure they pay you every month uh, for your, you know, pay your rent. So you can utilize that money to pay down your mortgage on your house or to use that, utilize that money to live or however you want to do it, right? Uh, somebody, something that may be a little bit more diversified would be maybe like an apartment complex. Now you have several individuals or several families paying you to make sure that, uh, that real estate is paid for and make sure the income and the cash is flowing. Right. So I want to just make sure that we really lock that down. And as far as the game plan on how to get there, financial independence, there's really only a couple of ways to get there philosophically. Right. You think about, uh, uh, being lean. Right. Being liquid and just staying relevant in this life. And that's one of the kind of the models that I, I live by is maintaining a lean lifestyle. So, for example, my house, I own a house, but my house does not have a lot of overhead. I don't pay. My mortgage is not large. Uh, my taxes, although they are increasing every year because we're in a, an appreciating neighborhood, which we'll talk about that another time. Uh, but my housing is not very expensive. Uh, for me to tra- uh, gas, right? Transportation is not expensive. My cars are not expensive. Things that I need on a monthly basis. I haven't locked myself or my family down with liabilities and obligations that are so large that it would be difficult for me to uh, come up with the money if I were to say lose my job as a firefighter, right? So uh, I've maintained that my lifestyle is lean, especially when it comes to my obligations. And I encourage other people to do the same thing. Now, I'm not saying don't have a great lifestyle. We have a great lifestyle, right? We just try not to, we're very cautious about locking ourselves down to long-term commitments with our money, right? With We don't want to, let's say, count our chickens before they hatch. Or in other words, we don't want to lock down our future money based on decisions that we're making today, right? So we want we don't want to get a lot of things on payments and things like that, unless the deal is beneficial, Right. So we have a car note, that car note, the percentage thing is under one percent or something like that. Because we got it from our credit union, our firefighters credit union here. So and because we have great credit scores, our, we pay almost nothing. Right. As far as interest is concerned. So for us to uh, say, for instance, get when we got picked up our minivan, 
we decide to not pay it up, up cash and to do a payment plan on that one. Why? Because the interest rate was so low. And a lot of people don't talk about this and we'll talk about this another time. But even when you pay something cash, you are paying an interest rate. You are paying a cost. You don't know it up front, but you are. So I could have paid, let's say, for instance, the car or the vehicle was $20,000. I could have dropped $20,000 uh, right then and there and the car would be paid for. Right. So a lot of people was like, well, that's a good deal. And and likely it is. But I also would be out of twenty thousand dollars immediately. The other question you could ask is what else could I have done with that twenty thousand dollars? Right. Uh, could it twenty thousand dollars be making me some money in investments? Could it be making me some money in business? And if I get rid of that twenty thousand dollars by buying a car in this example, I lose out on an opportunity for that twenty thousand dollars to make me more money. Hopefully that makes sense. But we'll dig in that uh, a little bit further. But the point I was trying to make was that uh, we just try not to we try to do what's best with our money and we try not to lock ourselves down. We try to keep ourselves lean and liquid, which was which is what I was explaining with the car. Liquidity is really, really important to me. Having cash, having capital and having access to money is really important to me. Here's why. Because you can be debt free and still be broke and in trouble, right? Uh, you can be debt free and lose your money, lose your job and not be able to pay, let's say, taxes for your house or your rent or your monthly obligations or for your car note or, or not your car note because you'd be debt free or your car insurance, things like that. So debt freedom, although a lot of people tout it as the end all be all, it's not the end all be all. It's a great place to be. Right. Because it keeps yourself lean. But if you're if you are debt free, but you have no access to capital, you have no money, you're in a dangerous position. Right. You have taken care of your creditors and the people you owe money to first before you took taking care of yourself or taking care of your family. So when I say liquidity, I want to make sure I always have cash on hand in case things do hit the fan. Right. Uh, for example, during a housing market, those people who would maintain liquidity and lost their jobs wouldn't have lost their houses if they had capital set aside. Right. But there's a lot of people who paid extra into their houses uh, because they had it at the time uh, that got clo- foreclosed on and they got foreclosed on first. Why? Because they paid extra on their house. So they've already made the bank more money, but they didn't keep any extra money on hand to help them float through those times when they were unemployed or when the money wasn't coming in. Right. And all of us are at some point are going to go through some type of famine in our lives when it comes to our finances. So just be prepared for it. And that liquidity allows uh, us to do that. The liquidity also allows us to take advantage of opportunities when they come around. Right. So if you're lean, you free up cash flow. And if you free up cash flow, you typically maintain your liquidity. So when opportunities come around to uh, buy good deals, then you are liquid and you have the cash to be able to do that. And I do this in all types of areas from my healthcare expenses to uh, business opportunities to uh, something as simple as buying something with cash because I got it. And, uh, you know, a lot of people would like to make a deal with you. If you got cash, they want to make a deal with you. So, uh, those are the things we want to do. And in relevant, of course, relevance is all about maintaining your relevancy in uh, as a as a as an individual in a community. Right. So uh, you could be there used to be a man who would deliver blocks of ice to your house. so You can keep your food cold. Right. 
But that job was replaced by the inventions of refrigerators. Now, there's nobody out there still trying to hold on to that job of delivering blocks of ice to people's houses. If you did, you would be irrelevant. Right. So that's an example. It's an extreme example. But it's an example of what's happening in many industries today. A lot of jobs, a lot of careers, a lot of industries uh, that you even see today will no longer be here tomorrow. And new industries and new jobs will be created that we haven't even thought of yet. And to maintain, to keep getting money from people, right, to continue to get income, you have, remember, money comes from people. So you have to remain relevant to people. Right. So you got to increase your skills. You got to increase your knowledge base. You got to continuously be getting better and better and better and staying relevant in life. And I believe if you just do those things, you can stay lean. Right. Not have a whole lot of expenses. Stay liquid. Keep money on hand. Right. And available to you. Not necessarily on hand, but just keep money available to you. And that could be in the form of credit, too. I'm not you know against that. And then stay relevant. I believe that is a formula. For financial independence, financial freedom, financial security, financial ease, whichever level that you're you're shooting for next for you. I really think lean, liquid and relevant can take us a long way. And that's all I got for today. So let's recap. What is financial independence? How do we define it? How do we know we've gotten to financial independence? Number one, we're not dependent on ourselves going to work, trading time for dollars. And we're not dependent on one person, one organization to pay us our paycheck every single month. Right. So that's part of it. But how do we know we've reached financial independence? It is when we have created enough assets or we've created enough businesses and we've got enough income coming in from other sources, from our own income, from our own investment endeavors that is paying not just for our basic lifestyle, but the lifestyle that you're at right now. So if you are living at $5,000 a month, then you are financially independent when your investments are bringing in $5,000 a month without you having to be there. And that's the goal, right? That's the goal of financial independence. And you don't have to start there, right? Remember, we talked about the seven stages. Go through the seven stages, find out the where you are, and then get work out a plan for you to get to the next stage, right? So if you're not at financial ease yet, you maybe you're at financial uh, de- uh, dependency, you need to go to the next one. Maybe you're financial uh, delusion is what I call it. You need to go to the next one. So figure out what stage you're at and then go to the next one. And then the way this whole independence thing works, when you start you know, unplugging yourself away from trading t- uh, time for dollars, you just want to start small, right? You want to start, how can I figure out how to make $100 a month without me having to be there? And then you go to, how do I figure out how to make 500 And how do I figure out how to make 1000 And you just build from there and you build from there. And then what you'll find out is this is the true way. Because remember, we don't do retirement here. But this is the true way to get your financial independence by having cash flow coming in without you having to be involved and you can concentrate not on uh, the income but the impact and the lives that you want to change for the rest of your life the things that you really want to do for the rest of your life and that's what we're all about here right so again that's all i got for today i hope you're out there enjoying your day if you haven't got it started yet uh have some fun be safe out there uh kiss your babies kiss your family enjoy your time remember life even at its longest is too short so go have a good time 
And I appreciate you listening. I love you. God bless. And P.S. And P.S. And P.S. And P.S. I said we're talking about